Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello and welcome back to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One. My name is Mark Hamilton, not joining me today. My neighbor, my frenemy, my op, my bestie, whatever you want to call him, Mr. Daly isn't here. He is off on business for a couple of weeks, but I had to drop an emergency podcast because maybe as expected, and it's funny because I'd predicted that this was going to happen in the back half of September, but here we are. It's Monday, October 2nd, and we officially, we officially have news from the FIA that something is amiss. That's right, the FIA this morning has issued a statement indicating that they officially approved the Andretti Formula Racing application after quote-unquote rigorous analysis. So we're going to talk a little bit about what all of that means, but first I'm going to dive into the FIA statement because I think there's some helpful information in here. But according to the FIA in their statement, uh, the assessment of each application, and there was four as we've learned now, the assessment of each application was based on sporting, technical, and financial analysis. Review process included sustainability and positive societal impact criteria. And finally, the FIA concluded that Andretti Formula Racing LLC will proceed to the next stage of the application process to enter Formula One from a list of four final applicants in phase two. Now, the statement continues following the conclusion of a comprehensive application process for prospective teams seeking to participate at a competitive level in the FIA Formula One Championship. The FIA has concluded that the application by Andretti Formula Racing LLC should progress to the next stage. Andretti Formula Racing LLC was the only candidate to meet the stringent criteria that was set by the FIA in all material aspects or respects from the four teams which lodged formal applications in phase two of the process. The initial call for expressions of interest phase one attracted numerous inquiries, which resulted in four progressing to phase two. The FIA has officially informed all applicant teams of their findings after a thorough appraisal. Following the call for expressions of interest in February, the FIA has applied a robust process of due diligence during which the applicants, applicants were assessed on the sporting and technical ability, the ability of the team to raise and maintain sufficient funding to allow participation in the championship at a competitive level and the team's experience and human resources. Selection criteria also included sustainability management in line with the FIA's ambition of achieving the sports goals for net zero by 2030. 
any prospective F1 team was also required to illustrate how they intend to achieve a positive societal impact through its participation in the sport. As part of the agreed process of the Expressions of Interest Protocol, the FIA findings on Andretti Formula Racing LLC submissions will now be passed to Formula One Management, FOM, for commercial discussions. And boy, we're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. Finally, there's a statement here from FIA President Mohammed Ben Salem. Uh, the Emirati says the FIA was very clear in establishing stringent criteria for entry from the outset of the Expressions of Interest procedure. Our objective after rigorous due diligence during the application phase was to only approve prospective entries which satisfied the set criteria and illustrated that they would add value to the sport. The FIA is obliged to approve applicants applications that comply with the expressions of interest application requirements, and we have adhered to that procedure in deciding that Andretti Formula Racing LLC's application will proceed to the next stage of the application process. In taking that decision, the FIA is acting in accordance with EU directives on motorsport participation and development. Andretti Formula Racing LLC was the only entity which fulfills the selection criteria that was set in all material respects. I congratulate Michael Andretti and his team on a thorough submission. I also want to thank all prospective teams for their interest and participation. The expressions of interest process builds on the positive acceptance of the FIA's 2026 F1 power unit regulations amongst existing OEMs, which has also attracted further commitment from Audi, Honda, and Ford, and interest from Porsche and General Motors. I would like to thank all of the FIA team members involved in the expressions of interest process for their tireless efforts in ensuring a diligent assessment of all of the applications received. So here we are. And of course, this process that is referred to in the statement and is referred to also by FIA President Mohammed Ben Salem, the expressions of interest process was triggered in, in February 2023. So earlier this year. And I, I think at the time we 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 really talked at length about the fact that this this decision by the FIA really flew in the face of where FOM was, the commercial rights group, Liberty. And of course, Liberty walks pretty much in lockstep with the teams because the teams are very much the backbone of the, the commercial entity. That if you're, if you're Liberty and you're selling the championship, really what you're selling is the teams and you're selling their legacy and you're selling their drivers and their participation in the championship. So the two kind of walk very closely. And at the time, FOM Liberty was not on board with this at all. And and the FIA had made this clear decision that, hey, we want to expand the championship, presumably at a time of unparalleled interest, although I think that is rapidly declining. And we'll talk about that a little bit more this coming Thursday. But the FIA had initiated this process. And obviously, there was one team, a front runner in Andretti Formula LLC that I think most people assumed was probably going to get the stamp of approval. So since February, it's very much been, I think, the FIA doing their due diligence. And I said this on the podcast most recently that I actually very much appreciate that they have done this because the reality is what you don't want to do is accept or admit teams to the championship that just don't have the existing infrastructure or don't have the financial capital to build the infrastructure that will enable them to compete uh, at a competitive level in the championship, right? Like what we don't need is another Haas. We, we just, we can't afford to waste another grid spot on a team that 
just chooses not to compete at at the levels necessary to kind of be meaningful and add value to the championship. And I think from an FOM perspective, Liberty's biggest concern has arguably been, look, you know, if we're going to admit an 11th team to the championship, do they add incremental value? And when they say value, let me be very clear. They mean one specific thing. Will they attract incremental money to the championship? Does the does the pot of money that the championship accrues through race hosting fees and TV and streaming and sponsorship, does that grow larger? Or does it stay static and all of a sudden you're just taking the existing prize money and dividing it in an additional direction? Because nobody wanted that. And I think from the FIA's perspective, perspective like look that's that's the FOM's problem they got to figure this out our responsibility is to determine whether this team is able to function as a competitive Formula One team and ultimately I think what we've seen here is that they've made the decision that high tech rode in and I always I always I always fail to pronounce Roden right. I'm not sure if it's Rodin or Roden, but they've decided that High Tech, Roden, and Lucky Sons don't match the criteria that they were looking for, but that the Andretti bid absolutely does. So what we do know, and we've learned a lot, I think, collectively as a, as a community over the last couple of months as we've gone through this journey together, I, I think what we've learned is the reality is there is now nothing stopping Andretti from participating in the Formula One championship that ultimately they can they can compete and they can put their car on the grid. The challenge now is that if they want to participate in the sport from a monetary perspective and from a commercial perspective, they now need to negotiate with with FOM and and Liberty. And earlier this day, there earlier today there was a statement, a very very brief statement from Formula One, Formula One, the commercial rights group. They said, and I quote: "We note the FIA's conclusions in relations to the first and second phases of their process, and will now conduct our own assessment of the merits of the remaining." application. So again, a very brief acknowledgement here from the FIA. Uh, it's not particularly welcome. It's not welcoming. Um, it's not particularly sunny. It's just a very brief acknowledgement that, hey, look, we, we know that the FIA has done this thing and we acknowledge the outcome of their process. Uh, now we're going to begin our process. But I think the reality is based on everything we now know, really, there's nothing that the FOM that Liberty can do to block that they can block Andretti from competing in, in the Formula One championship where they do have a very distinct kind of degree of leverage is that they own the commercial rights group side of things. So if, if Liberty wants to participate in the Concord agreement, which obviously they do if they're going to compete in Formula One, um, they're going to need to negotiate with with FOM. And of course, the Concord agreement is kind of that master template that discusses all of the financial kind of components of Formula One. Uh, but most importantly, I, I think it discusses the distribution of, of prize money. And the reality is, and we kind of hinted and talked about this recently, and it seemed very abstract or unrealistic, but if if they were to join the championship and they weren't a part of the Concord Agreement, meaning they didn't have successful negotiations with, with Liberty, uh, their cars presumably wouldn't be shown on the broadcast, which would be absolutely appalling in every conceivable way. It would just undermine uh, the integrity of the championship, period. So obviously, I think Andretti right now has a ton of leverage. They, they effectively are now a part of the championship. They basically just have to submit that application to the FIA and they're on the grid. So they, they have leverage here because 
FOM doesn't want a world in which they aren't a part of the Concord Agreement and they do attend or attempt to compete in the championship because that would look sloppy, that would look messy, that would look horrendous. So the reality is they're going to go into these conversations with the FOM. And I, I think, and somebody on Reddit had made this comment earlier that, look, you know what, their intention is to join for 2025. And logistically, that's that's a horror show that if you are a new Formula One team, one, to be able to turn around the development of a car and the aero and the chassis and kind of fit in fit in a power unit and hire all the staff and blah, 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 blah. Like to be able to turn that around and we're sitting here October 2nd, 2023. So 2023 is almost over. But but Andretti's always been clear that look, our ambition is to join in 2025. There's a very specific reason for that because the current Concord Agreement runs until the end of 2025. And the current Concord Agreement calls out that the anti-dilution fee, the expansion fee that is to be paid by a new participant in the championship is $200 million. And that's clearly what they're eyeballing, that that's the amount that they want to pay. And I've said this before, the reason why FOM and the teams want to kick this down the road so much is because... Obviously, when they craft the new Concord Agreement that's going to go into effect in 2026, that anti-dilution fee is going to be six, seven, eight, a billion dollars. It's going to be significant more. So, so clearly, Andretti's like, "Hey, look, we want to participate. Um, we're willing to, we're willing to go forward with a 2025 entry if that means we can, we can pay that 200 million dollar anti-dilution fee." Now, of course, that that Concord Agreement can be amended. The teams. Uh, the teams in Liberty can scrap that. I'm not necessarily sure the legalities of how that would work, but ultimately I don't think that they're necessarily bound to that amount of money. But that's clearly what Andretti was looking at here was, hey, look, there's an opportunity for me to get on the to get in the championship with a cut rate fee, and, and that's what they're going to target. But what we do know now, and the FIA has, or that sorry, the F1 has acknowledged, they are going to enter into negotiations with 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 the Andretti group, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out and the timelines upon which that, that happens. Because again, really, the F1, Liberty, at this point, the FIA has said, look, you know what, we trust that they're able to compete, that they're going to have the infrastructure, or they have the infrastructure, that they have the financial resources to be competitive in a cost cap world, that they have the right people and the expertise and all those other kind of pieces. So from an FIA perspective, like, hey, they're good to go. Whether it's 25 or 26, we believe that this team can be on the grid. So from an FOM perspective, from a Liberty perspective, it's more just about negotiating their perceived value or the perceived value that they're going to bring to the championship and then ultimately how we divide up the the prize money because the prize money is a big piece of the incentive for teams to compete in the, the Formula One championship. Now, I think at this point, people are going to be very, very critical of FOM because I think broadly speaking, if you talk to anyone within the F1 community, this has been a, a bid that has been broadly... I would say broadly, maybe not celebrated is the right term, but this is a bid that has been broadly backed by the F1 community that, look, most people aren't necessarily familiar with high tech unless you follow some of the junior formula. And most people definitely weren't familiar with Lucky Sons, but Andretti obviously has a cachet and, and it has a historical lineage and DNA when it comes to competing in motorsports in a variety of series. And it just, it seemed logical that if, F1 or the FIA were going to consider an expansion of, of the grid, that this would be a good place to look. So I, I think that all of that fits. Now it's really just about 
the FOM sitting down and negotiating. And I think the biggest thing that they're going to have to get over is what does that anti-dilution fee look like? And if you're if you're sitting at home wondering what the heck an anti-dilution fee, which we often refer to as an expansion fee, is that when the most recent Concord Agreement was drawn up, one, we were in the middle of a global economic crisis and a global pandemic. And I think it was probably a little before, maybe months, a year before the F1 boom that really took place in 2021 and maybe into the beginning of 2022. And I, I think at the time when they were writing the Concord Agreement, the thought was like, look, you know what, there's a world in which we could add additional teams to the championship. And I think the Concord Agreement and the sporting regulations uh, make an allowance for up to 12 teams. And obviously, if you're going to enable new teams to join the grid, uh, if you're an existing team, there's the risk that I'm going to lose prize money because this team is going to take constructors points off of me. So if I'm going to be open to the idea of a new team joining the championship, I want to be compensated for the potential financial loss that I will incur as a byproduct of that. So they've written in an anti-dilution fee of $200 million. So in the case of the current Concord Agreement, if there was no negotiation and FOM basically rubber stamped, uh, rubber stamped the deal, Andretti would cut a check for $200 million and that would go to the FOM. Uh, they would then neatly tidy up or neatly divide up that check and every single team on the grid would get $20 million. And that's designed to offset the money that they believe or they suspect they would lose through the Constructors Championship by having an additional team competing. Hopefully that makes sense. The problem is since 2020, the valuation of Formula One teams and the amount of money uh, available to win through the Constructors Championship has increased exponentially now. And I think we saw a couple of years ago, Andretti tried to buy Sauber and they put in that kind of lowball $300 million bid and Sauber walked away at the very last minute. And then there's been all these whispers around, hey, the current valuation of F1 teams should probably be six, seven, eight hundred million dollars And obviously the teams are very, very aware of this. They're also very aware of the huge sponsors that are signing up to be a part of the Formula One Championship. So the teams are very much against enabling any team to join the grid with a $200 or $200 million anti-dilution or expansion fee. So I think that's going to be very much the sticking point here in those negotiations, which is the FOM is simply going to acknowledge like, look, you know what? Paying $200 million is an absolute non-starter and the teams aren't going to sign up for that. And the reality is the team's don't necessarily have a direct input into the decision, but the reality is they hold an awful lot of leverage over the FOM and Liberty because they are effectively the product that they sell through the commercial rights agreements, through TV deals and, and marketing and all those kind of things. So the FOM, Liberty, needs the teams to be on side with this one. So I think the negotiation is going to be, look, if you want to come in for 2025, which, by the way, I think is a terrible deal, I just, I can't. I can't imagine that it's worth the effort for for Andretti to build a 2025 car, which is going to be fundamentally different than the 26, right? Like to build a 2025 car and then throw it away and not be able to carry over any of the work and the R&D that went into that to 2026 just seems like a bad proposition. But like I said before, I think their intent, if you ask them behind closed doors, off the record is like, look, yeah, we want to join the grid for 26. But the reality is they'll openly publicly say 25 because that's the best negotiating leverage that they could get because they want to be a part of the current Concord Agreement. So that's going to be one thing. The FOM and and Andretti are going to have to negotiate and find some common ground on what that anti-dilution fee looks like. Now, of course, the 2026 
Concord Agreement isn't done. So we can only speculate about what that anti-dilution fee is going to look like. But I think this will be a big part of the, the conversation. And I trust, I trust that Andretti will acknowledge the the position of the existing teams because at this point he's going to be amongst them very very soon and i don't think he's going to want to i don't think he's going to want to join the 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 championship on a particularly negative note although i think some of the teams still harbor some pretty negative resentment and some animosity towards him and his group for the way that maybe they've conducted themselves in the early part of this process prior to the FIA opening up that expressions of interest protocol back in in February. So that's going to be one thing. And I think the other thing that is going to be a conversation point here is really going to be around GM's involvement, right? That I think the teams and the FOM were very clear that Andretti themselves as a candidate for joining joining Formula One in the championship and, and participating from a commercial perspective wasn't going to be sufficient. That the reality is they wanted more and Andretti acknowledged that and Andretti went back and they signed up GM, General Motors, through their Cadillac brand. So really it's the Andretti Cadillac bid here. I think I think the challenge is that from an FOM perspective, simply simply bringing General Motors on to bring some quote-unquote technical expertise, which I don't believe Andretti really needs in the development of their car, probably isn't sufficient. That what FOM really wants out of GM is for them to participate by building a power unit. Now, GM has not had any participation with the FOM and with the FIA in kind of laying out the the map and and the strategy for the 2026 power units. Because, of course, going into 26, we're going to have an entirely new power unit formula, which we're going to talk a little bit more about later this week. But GM has had no involvement in this. And what we do know from the very early stages of the Andretti bid is that the one team, or maybe one of the two teams that have kind of supported them, the two were Renault and McLaren, uh, that Renault has been very supportive of their candidacy because they have an agreement in place that Renault will supply power units to the Andretti group. So Renault currently doesn't supply anyone but their own factory team. So obviously they're excited at the prospect of being able to sell their power units to a new team. And the understanding is that at least initially, and there's been some representatives from GM that have suggested or hinted that this could change in the future, but that at least initially, they are going to rebadge those engines, which is something that happens in F1, right? We've seen it historically over time uh, that ultimately there will be Renault built and Renault is sealed engines. So once Renault passes these engines over to Andretti, Andretti cannot crack them open and cannot modify them by by any means, but they'll be badged General Motors. So there'll be General Motor engines inside a inside an Andretti Formula One car that were ultimately developed by by Renault. But I think what FOM's really going to want out of this is they're going to want some commitment from GM that they will sign up to the engine regulations with their own intention of building a power unit. Now the reality is there's absolutely no way they're going to be ready for 26. Look, Audi, I don't want to suggest Audi is struggling, but Audi has their hands full, right? And they had a significant jump on Andretti by like a year uh, in terms of buying a team and, and started building up the facilities and the test benches in Germany to start getting that power unit going. And, and Red Bull's had a couple of years and, and they're certainly going to have a, a power unit ready for 26. But I think if you ask them, they would love to have had some more time. So the reality is GM's not going to have a power unit for 25. They're still not going to have a power unit for 26, and they probably won't have one for 27. That said, all of that said, if I was GM, 
did I want to commit to developing and building a power unit if I didn't have a team to supply, right? So I don't want to be super critical of GM and saying, look, you know what? They didn't throw their full weight behind this bid. They didn't get involved in the development of the power unit regulations. They haven't started building up a facility to, to create a power unit because they didn't know whether that was going to be a valuable proposition that if ultimately Andretti doesn't get approved for whatever reason, then that was a waste of time, a waste of money, and a waste of resources. So I think that's going to be a point of contention in these conversations. So one, revisiting the anti-dilution fee. And two, I think the involvement of GM, like, look, is this a branding exercise or is the intention for them to bring true technical expertise and provide a power unit at some point in the future? And I think that's something that the FOM is going to be very, very, uh, very serious about. As we're talking, there's tons of stories popping up on social media, on Twitter and things like that. Uh, an article here from Andrew Benson, by the way, I should just quickly reference this. Uh, he does a pretty good, good job of kind of recapping the circumstances, speaks to the fact that, yes, the Concord Agreement, the, the one that was signed in 2020, does, in fact, allow for up to 12 teams to participate in the sport. So really, there's still another grid slot available if the right suitor comes along. Uh, he makes a comment here as well that estimates put the value of leading teams currently in Formula One at 830 million pounds or a billion dollars. And he does a really good job of calling this out. An investment by a group, including Hollywood stars, Ryan Reynolds, shout out Ryan Reynolds, of course, from Vancouver, and Rob McKelleny uh, in Renault-owned Alpine, who are sixth in this year's world championship with six races to go, valued that team at 706 million pounds. So over 800 million dollars. So certainly uh, when I say that that's going to be a sticking point, I, I think that's certainly going to be uh, obviously something that's going to possibly slow this down. But again, from my perspective, and, and I think if you've been listening to this podcast for the last couple of years, I was extremely cold on the idea of Andretti joining Formula One. And it wasn't necessarily because I, I had any ill will towards that group or I didn't want to see an 11th team, but I, I, I probably sympathize too much with the teams and and ultimately I came to this realization that me sympathizing the, with those teams wasn't helping me in any meaningful way that that Williams or Mercedes or Ferrari or Red Bull pulling in incremental tens of millions of dollars a year isn't benefiting me because a lot of that money is coming out of my pocket either by attending races buying merchandise or watching F1 TV Pro and obviously that's a pretty good value that subscription but ultimately my point is I'm contributing money to the pot that is making these teams very very rich and how does it benefit me if I take the guarded approach that those teams should be meaningfully compensated by having another team on on the grid and the reality is I get it purely from a business perspective they were here first and they were a big part of the reason why the championship is where it is now from a growth perspective but at the same time uh, if Andretti can come and be competitive and improve the state of which is, let's call a duck a duck. The championship this year is horrendous. It was terrible last year and it's terrible this year. It's just, it's not where it needs to be. And if Andretti can potentially come and, and make the championship more competitive, that's something we should all celebrate and that's something that we should all support because, and I've made this comment recently that we have teams on the grid like Williams and we can talk we could talk to the ends of the world about, oh, they're doing this and they're doing that and they're bringing this people and this that person, but I don't see that they're going to be meaningfully competitive in the next three to five years. And Haas has made the conscious decision that they will just never be competitive. And then you have Alpha Tauri, soon to be Adidas Formula One team, that that 
that is intended to be uncompetitive. So the reality is you only have seven teams in the championship at any given time that are making meaningful strides towards competing for for a world championship, which which is pretty embarrassing when this is supposed to be the pinnacle of Grand Prix racing on on the planet. So from my perspective is if Andretti can come in and they're willing to build a ton of great infrastructure and spend money on the right people and sign top drivers and spend to the cost cap every single year, why should we not celebrate and embrace that? That a 17 championship isn't doing any of us any favors. And and like I said, based on where we are right now, that sport's not in a good place. And we're going to talk a little bit this coming this coming Thursday about what we're seeing from a, a media participation, a social media participation perspective, because, you know, I, I hear from the broadcasters and I hear from people within the industry that broadly speaking, that that huge explosion of interest that F1 got from the casual fan in 2020 and 2021 during the global pandemic, that that is rapidly collapsing. And there's a general fear across F1 that that audience isn't coming back. And a big reason for that is we we come out of 21 and we go into 2022 and there's a ton of anticipation and the championship kind of it was kind of a dud by the end of the season and you know what that I don't mean any disrespect to Max and Red Bull because they were the only team that effectively effectively put a really great program in place to be competitive that year and then we come into 23 and we think look these teams have had a year to get a hold of these to get a grip on these these regulations and and unfortunately Red Bull's dominating in a way that wasn't even imaginable a year ago and then we still have 2 years of the current regulation set left and there's no reason to think that that Red Bull won't dominate in 24 and 25 which again as an ideal for the championship and stimulating interest with the casual fan or even the the diehard hardcore formula one fan because i know a lot of them are really frustrated as well so from my perspective look if fom and and andretti can come to come to a good place in terms of their participation from a commercial rights perspective you know get get andretti on the grid again logistically i don't think 25 makes sense i think there's a lot of throwaway work there to to build a car for a single year throw it away and start over for 2026 isn't good but if you can get if you can get to a good place like i would love to see andretti in the championship simply because like i said we really only have seven teams competing in a meaningful way and i would love to have that eighth team and i just think the pedigree's there um, and I haven't even really necessarily even talked because this is more speculative, but again, that that value of having an American team on the grid, because let's be honest, Haas has done nothing, absolutely nothing to stimulate interest in Formula One in the US. That if Haas really had that as their intentions when they joined the championship back in 2016, they would have had a deep and, and rich and successful US Drivers Academy. They would have been in the U.S. doing heavy promotion and marketing, and they also just would have done things necessary to be a competitive team by spending money and spending to the cap and building great infrastructure. But that's a nickel and dime operation that's working on a shoestring budget and has done nothing to grow Formula One in the United States. And Andretti has the has the potential, the possibility, and the opportunity to do everything that Haas should have been asked to do when they joined back in, in 2016. So, all of that said, I, I hope you I hope you enjoyed this podcast, a little bit of an emergency podcast here on Monday, October second. It's pouring with rain here in Vancouver, but you know what? That's par for the course, given the fact that summer is officially now over. Uh, just to recap, if you're joining late, and I'm assuming that's probably unlikely because this isn't a YouTube video or a live television broadcast, but the FIA has accepted the Andretti 
Racing Formula or Andretti Formula Racing LLC bid. They can now officially participate in the championship, although ideally they also want to be part of the commercial rights agreement, the Concord agreement, so they get exposure on TV and share in the prize money. And that's where we are now is that they are going to start negotiating with the FOM, with Liberty, so that they can participate in the Concord agreement. Uh, and hopefully there'll be lots of news that kind of picks up over the course of the week and we'll be able to revisit this topic on Thursday. So yeah, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to me ramble for a little bit today. I, I hope you had fun. Just as a reminder as well that if you like what we do here and you love these emergency pods, if you listen on Spotify and you can give us a five-star rating, that means the world to us. And if you listen on Apple and you can give us a rating and a review, that is fantastic as well. Oh, for now, guys, that is it. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to everybody in a couple of couple of days. Bye for now. I feel like a locomotive sipping, drinking Arizona. Mixtape just around the corner. Did a lot in California. Can't wait to drop this on you. Yeah, they gon' have fun with that. Smash like song. I'm in my songs. Gonna break through like a running back.